Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This week's podcast is brought to you by my sponsors and patrons at patreon.com. Become a patron for as little as $5 a month. Sign up today and get a shout out on the podcast. More benefits and info can be found at patreon.com slash Daryl Johnston. Hey everybody, welcome to the Highway Walkers podcast. My name is Daryl Johnston, your host, and joining me today is Adam Queen. Adam is an expert at living the seasonal life. So we're going to learn a little bit more about what the seasonal life is, and we're going to hear more about some of Adam's experiences. And uh, well, Adam, thank you for joining me today. I've just done a brief introduction, but I'm wondering if you could tell us more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, uh, sure can, Bill. Thanks again for having me. So I think the best way to introduce myself, to give you a little bit of background, as well as my introduction into seasonal life, would be to talk about how I was working as a full-time professional magician, and then lost a major contract that was sort of my bread and butter. As a result, though, led to many, many, many more adventures, specifically in Alaska, uh, working during the summers in Denali National Park. Um, the first summer that I went up there, I just worked as just a worker bee doing a simple um, tour. I was a presenter, a historic interpreter, presenting a presentation as if I were a character from the 1940s. Um, but then every season thereafter, I was able to also do magic shows. And it led to amazing adventures in Alaska during the summers and then uh, adventures throughout the rest of the world uh, during the wintertime. Nice. So what does it mean to be a seasonal worker? Well, I was thinking about this and going in this, I think that most people around the country, when you hear, like, seasonal worker, would think, like, oh, like, someone working for extra money during Christmas, like, oh, like, seasonal employment, you know, during the retail in the retail locations during the Christmas time. But mm-hmm. in this case, that's not uh, the instance. This would be more like someone who really loves uh, to ski or snowboard and wants to be able to afford that opportunity more often so they would go and work at a ski resort for the winter and then find some sort of gainful employment or perhaps have a specific skill set that fits into this beautiful seasonal life that they live where they work different seasonal jobs, maybe during the summer months or during construction and then during the winter they're doing ski season. In this case, in my case, I was doing magic shows as well as being a historic interpreter. I also did some restaurant work in Alaska for my day job and then doing magic shows to make extra money to be able to afford to then work during the winter somewhere, anywhere I wanted to uh, travel in some cases and not uh, actually work or do some magic shows as well. I was trying desperately to get established in Hawaii during the winter season, but it never quite stuck. (laughs) Mm. So I like that you reference magic so much as being like a supplemental thing that you can always carry with you no matter what your seasonal job is, but that's also a through line that you can pick up and take with you wherever you go. And I was on the receiving end of of that good fortune of you carrying your magic with you wherever because you taught me some magic that I've also started to implement. And when I'm freelancing with uh, doing theater contracts, it, it is a nice thing to just kind of supplement and say like, hey, restaurant or people on the street, you want to do some magic? And so I owe Adam Queen uh, a huge thank you. Thank you, Adam, for teaching me some magic. Well, thanks for being willing to learn, and um, yeah, you are the only person that I've actually taught the entirety of my act to, and beyond even some of the stuff that, you know, just in the walk-around restaurant world, so yeah, thanks for taking the time to learn. <laughs> so, as a, you know, you were talking about this earlier when we weren't recording, but 
you talked about how working in theater it's it's contract to contract and not necessarily seasonal it just is you know freelancing whereas what you're talking about what we're talking about today is like seasonal work and so there are some inherent differences there but I'm wondering specifically working seasonally what are some things that a person might sacrifice as opposed to like working a, a nine to five what are some things that a person sacrifices when they decide to work seasonally I think that uh, my mom and I recently had this conversation. She said, I don't know how you do this lifestyle because you're sacrificing that stability of a job. I, I pointed out that even in you know today's times, that having a regular job that you've worked for years doesn't necessarily equal stability, but I understand that sense of stability. And being in one place, you know, being part of it, one community for a long time, is something that I feel like you do have to give up. But... I also feel like that you get to be part of many communities and you get to see different viewpoints, you know? Um, and that is, um, that's, I think it's a beautiful thing about seasonal life. I was thinking about, you know, what what it means, you know, to live a seasonal life. Um, and if you're a pessimist, then it means, like, no stability at all and you're in constant worry, like, what am I going to do next? Like, I have a like regular job. Like this season is going to end. I have to figure out what I do. And that's a wise thing to do. Uh, you know, I always tell people that as soon as I start one season, I have to be thinking about what I'm going to do next. You know, Alaska has been sort of a set uh, summertime thing, but every winter has been a question mark. In some cases, down to the minute as far as what I was going to do, and in some cases, I knew before I even started the summer season. So that's something you about. But if you're an optimist, it's an amazing life adventure that everyone seems to wish for. Everyone always says, oh, I wish I could do what you do. I wish I, you know, could do what you, you know, what I do. And it's amazing to sort of have that there's a bumper sticker that circulates amongst the seasonal that your vacation is my backyard. We get to play and be in, you know, some of the most beautiful places around the world during their most beautiful times. You know, in Alaska, I was in the Grand Canyon during a beautiful winter. So it's it's definitely give and take. There are things that you give up, but it's in some cases the reward is just astronomically greater than the risk. Mm -hmm. So tell me some of the jobs that you've worked and where. So some of the jobs I've worked. Um, my background before being a professional magician was in sales. So I've done that. I've sold flight scene tours, things in Alaska. Um, and then I have also I worked in kitchens. I love to cook, and so I've worked a lot in kitchens. Just been a happy worker bee, cooking breakfast for you know bus drivers in Denali, or um, you know um, cooking at uh, well helping to cook uh, in some cases, and helping out at like Black Bear Coffee House. I'll give a little plug there. Um, but mainly cashier, but I always wanted to get in the kitchen there because they cook amazing food. It's so good. So yeah, so mainly kitchens as far as my day jobs. And uh, Denali, my experience was that if you had one of the better day jobs, it would pay pretty well, but also their housing was a little bit better and you ate a little bit better versus um, some of the places kind of make you fend for yourself. And you know, in my early days of seasonal living, the nearest grocery store was Fairbanks. So you had to drive two hours to get groceries. They've since opened up a closer, but these are the things that make you appreciate the little things in seasonal life. That's another positive, I guess, is that you can, you know, learn to live off little when you're in these remote locations and learn to appreciate the, the small things. Yeah. So, yeah. What, were, what were you doing at the Grand Canyon? At the Grand Canyon, I was working in a restaurant as well, sort of a deli-type 
out for that. Uh, myself and my fellow um, supervisor, Patrick, were trailblazers because uh, we were historically one of the first ever people to deliver pizzas in the Grand Canyon mm-hmm. because of some construction on one of the restaurants to um, meet the needs of some of the guests. They decided to get us a little gator four-wheel drive thing, and we delivered pizzas to rooms in the neighboring hotel. <laughs> trailblazers we were. Yes. I mean, one of the true pioneers. You're up there with Powell and Lewis and Clark. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Lewis, Lewis and Clark, they, they would order pizza from us. Yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about, like, Colonial Williamsburg. Would you consider that seasonal work? So in that case, that wasn't seasonal work. That was the, um, the work that sort of, you know, launched me into seasonal work. That was the contract that I lost um, during the magic shows. But no, no, it wasn't seasonal. Uh, although there was a black, there were black months, January and February, they sort of tightened up everything and closed down all but a few of the, you know, events and things going on. So a 10-month season to me wasn't really seasonal. It was like a nice little vacation to be able to travel and do things because I was working so much before even up into the holidays. It was like seven-day performance schedules and stuff, doing magic shows and stuff like that. So it was a very busy time. Um, so no, that was what started that. That was what launched me, but that really wasn't seasonal itself. Um, some other seasonal jobs that I did do, though, uh, were working in Minnesota, building ice castles. And that was an ama- amazing, magical time, very much like hard labor, but out in like the cold weather, which I love, so I'm very hot-natured. And so it was fun to see that form and sort of magic of its own, you know, lights and sound and, um, you know, the magic of the natural ice sort of forming as it dripped down like the lag tight and stalagmites. It was really, really cool experience there. Totally, completely different from anything else that I'd done. It wasn't restaurant work. It wasn't, you know, performing or being, you know, a presenter on a tour. Um, working on a farm in Hawaii, um, but just volunteer labor, uh, 20 hours a week usually for a room and board. And then you have the rest of your week free be able to do whatever you want in Hawaii, you know, a place to stay and food to eat and get to be part of a beautiful garden and community, and it was really, really nice to do that as well. It's called woofing. That's a, that is totally a different side of seasonal life, you know, where you are volunteering uh, in order to get room and board and then, you know, maybe working a part-time job for a little bit of money here and there, or in this case, trying to busk uh, in Hawaii while I was there to pass the hat in the streets of Kalakaua. So again, the magic always comes through. This episode is thanks to my patrons at patreon.com. Become a patron for as little as $5 a month. You'll get early access to podcasts, songs, videos, and much more. Patreon.com slash Daryl Johnston. This episode is also brought to you by Adirondack Mountain Coffee. Located in the small town of Upper Jay, New York, in the heart of the Adirondack Mountains. They roast their coffee to perfection. And I've been drinking Hiker's Delight, and it is definitely an eye-opener. Visit adkmountaincoffee.com. That's adkmountaincoffee.com. Also, thank you to an additional sponsor, the Denali Film Festival, taking place in Denali National Park, Alaska. For more information, visit denalifilmfestival.com. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, go to patreon.com slash Daryl Johnston and you'll find the podcast sponsor tier. Message me to learn more. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So a person who works seasonally, I think the perception is that they're usually in their 20s and single 
and are, you know, have no problem like living out of a backpack. Would you say that that assessment is accurate or are there people who are, um, who have, who are married, who have kids? Yeah, I would say that it brings all walks of life. It It brought in, you know, bus drivers who were former truck drivers who got laid off and this was the only work available. So of course they took it to feed their family and up falling in love and building a career there based on their time. And those are true stories, you know, it's the uh, retiree that, like, is trying to make ends meet, you know, and trying to find a way to make the additional, you know, 14000 or whatever the figures are that they need to supplement their income, their retirement. And they find, you know, being a camp host is, is a, you know, a nice, easy, steady work for the summer. So, no, it definitely has all walks of life. Um, and people that are both seeking that adventure and people that are sort of escaping the, you know, getting laid off or the, um, you know, the mundane. They get, you know, lots of stories of people who are like, I was just working in an office and I just got so tired of it and my friend had done this and they told me about how awesome it was and I decided to give it a shot and like 10 years later, they're like, yeah, I don't know. I said it was only coming for a year. It's one of the lies of seasonal living. I'm, not, I'm definitely not coming back next year. This was just a one-time thing just to get away from reality and then, Hmm. seven, ten, twenty years later, like, yeah, I said I wasn't coming back too. So <laughs> it's definitely a lifestyle that lends itself to uh, all walks of life and attracts all walks of life in my experience. But yes, primarily those that can do that are the 20-year-olds, but that's not, definitely not the only ones that have taken advantage of this lifestyle. Yep. So let's say that I'm somebody who's worked a nine-to-five. Let's say I'm, I'm well, I'm, I'm in my 30s and I want to have a an adventure. So like and I want to work seasonally. What are some resources that you could recommend I reach out to? Coolworks.com is a, has a lot of listings for seasonal jobs, particularly in Alaska. And that's the only world that I really know what I consider well. Um, I you know I hear wind of all the different avenues you can take from awesome ski seasons and where to go and where not to go and who, you know, what companies manage well and what don't. But uh, course.com is one uh, to look into. And then it's really not outrageously difficult even for those who want to do something like that to sort of make a plan to do it, you know, to, to save up and have the nest egg and be like, all right, ready, and have a plan to come back so that you feel safe doing it to be able to have this adventure. But it affords you more than a vacation. That's the other thing that I love about season one is I don't get to see a glimpse of some place for two weeks. I get to really live there for six months. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, you get to know mm-hmm. each place you work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and like in Denali, for example, you get to know the neighboring town of Healy, which has more of an Alaskan vibe. You know, uh, Denali itself is very seasonal. Lots of employees come in from around the world. They're very welcoming because they're all in the same boat. Hey, I just got here too. This is my first season. Hey, this is my second season, you know? Um, and then you have this town of Healy. It's a mining town. And when you're there for six months, you get to know people from Healy and you get to know a little bit more about Alaskan lifestyle and you get to have this like overall community family, not just a tourist family or even just a seasonal family, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so what are some highlights or favorite memories? Do you have any particular you'd like to share? Well, I think that the overall is the friends um, that you make. Um, I only worked two months in the Grand Canyon, and one of my, I was there for four months trying to get a job, but only worked for two, and one of my best friends, Jeff and his family are people that I will visit till the end of time. Um, you know, 
So those memories, obviously, but the ones that really stand out are the ones that happen because you're there. And it took almost five years of the seven that I was doing this for it to happen, and that was one of my first bear encounters. Um, I don't know if you know Mark. He was an actor in the same show that Daryl was in. I met Daryl in Denali, but I don't know if they crossed paths as far as seasons are concerned or not. But Mark was walking on the trail where I was the short interpreter at a cabin and was asking about another trail, the Savage Alpine Trail specifically. And I said, oh, no, you're on the wrong trail. This is the Savage Cabin Trail. I said, why are you here? I can show you around. And I said, also, be warned while I'm, I forget to tell this for a while because I get into my mode of telling him about the cabin and the history and all the fun facts. And um, I said, oh, I almost forgot to warn you. Be careful on the Savage Alpine Trail. They've seen a mom and two cubs. And he points out the back window of the cabin like that. And a mom is probably twice my size. The cubs, which will stay with their mom for up to two years, are probably about getting ready to kick out. These are teenage cubs. Both of them are about my size. And in that cabin, there was a little hatch that led to the attic, and that was always our plan of escape. We would move this little storage barrel up, and we'd get in there with the radio and be like, there's a bear inside the cabin. It ever happened. And at that moment, I found myself instinctively closing windows, making noise, and explaining to Mark to move the barrel, and he's going to go first and then help me up this hatch into the into the uh, attic. Luckily, they made a brief stop at the outhouse behind, and I was like, oh my gosh, get ready, like, they are not leaving. And finally, we made enough noise to scare them away, but it was exhilarating. And those type of experiences that you have that, you know, all the tourists hope to have that kind of encounter. Oh, man, we hope to see a bear. Yet when you work there, you hope you don't. When it happens, and you have that just absolute adrenaline rush, the, the you know, the squad of Eve, the, you're like, I could have died right there. Like, if that would have, if she would have thought, like, you're attacking my babies. We're both dead. We're gone. We would <laughs> yeah. be mauled, we would be dead, and you would be, you know, doing this podcast in memory of that and Mark, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And when you have those moments, and countless others that you couldn't have if you weren't there for that long or if you just came in quickly as a tourist. Not that you can't have those moments in that brief period of time, but it allows for more and more and more of those moments. And that's what keeps drawing you back, just the, the unexpected adventure of it all. Yeah. Wow. That's great. That's a really great one. Yeah, I mean, you've touched on the highlights and of working seasonally, and I, you're honest about some of the drawbacks but I think a person who's looking into working seasonally has to already be aware of the things that they would have to you know give up but what's funny is when you start working uh, freelance or seasonally and you know you have an alternative kind of lifestyle to the one that requires you to go you know clock in clock out those drawbacks what I what I phrased as um, sacrifices they're really not sacrifices. You know, you, you gain a lot of adventure and you gain a lot of life experience and friendships by working this way. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Cool. And and in such a short period of time in some cases, you know, like it doesn't take years and years and years. It's like you have these amazing shared experiences that create these almost instant bonds that are also tested year after year because you don't necessarily see these people during your off seasons. And some people don't come back, but you know that you have created that strong bond when you keep in touch and you know and you like check in on everybody and there's like this community that exists 
no matter where you go, because in Alaska in particular, everyone was coming from different states and places. And so you now know that you have a network across the country of like people that if you were in a real jam, because of that shared experience would come to your aid, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, this next question is a standard for the podcast, and I've asked a variety of different people from all kinds of backgrounds for a book recommendation. Now, this doesn't have to be your favorite book, but just a book that you think folks ought to read. Um, I have two. Uh, one is more recent. The other's been out for a while. I always recommend people read The Alchemists. Um, I feel like for me, it taught me that it's okay to sit somewhere for a while to be like, okay, you know, I'm not exactly happy where I am, but I'm going to, you know, try to find the, the happiness in this place and push through it and, and make plan to move on, you know, and that's the, sort of the seasonal life. Um, and then the recent, most recent one that I'm almost finished with, but it's so good, is The 12 Rules of Life uh, by Jordan Peterson. It's just such a thought-provoking book. I feel like that The Alchemist is very clear in its message, and you're just kind of figuring it out as you read it, but 12 Rules of Life will get you thinking about your own sort of self uh, and, you know, everything we've been talking about. You know, why some people choose a seasonal life, as crazy as it sounds, when to them it sounds like a cage. In all honesty, you know, their seasonal, people who love the seasonal life may have a negative view of, um, you know, the regular mundane life. And, um, and this that particular book, 12 Rules of Life, doesn't necessarily, you know, say one or the other, but it will make you question and ask questions about yourself. So highly recommend that book. Cool. Great. Thank you so much for being here, Adam. It was really nice to talk to you and catch up with what your adventures are, where they're taking you. And yeah, I just really appreciate the insight. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been an amazing experience, and it's great to think about these things and put them into more concise ideas. Awesome. All right, man. Well, have a great day. Let's talk again soon. All right. Thanks so much, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Remember, just ask your smart speaker to play the Highway Walkers podcast. Thanks again to my sponsors, patrons on patreon.com, and a special thanks to you for tuning in. Until next time.